This is Commerce Street, a business podcast from Ken's 5 Eyewitness News. I'm Erica Zucco. 2020 forced nearly every business to rethink how they operate. But Toyota Texas says its plant on the south side was able to pivot quickly and is still seeing steady truck sales. We're running anywhere from 800 to 1,000 trucks a day. We need them to feel safe so that then they can focus on building um, great trucks for our customers. We talked about how San Antonio's suppliers played a role in the process, how the manufacturer crafted new safety procedures, progress on new investments at their Alamo City site, and a milestone they're celebrating, even in a tough year. Here's our conversation with Toyota Texas Vice President of Manufacturing, Suzanne Kazunis. Just kind of give me a status report of how things are looking right now in terms of production here in San Antonio. I know y'all are up and running, and I imagine it looks a lot different than it did a year ago at this time. Well, from a production volume perspective, we're running pretty much full tilt. We're running anywhere from 800 to 1,000 trucks a day. Um, we've been running since May, although we started off pretty slowly. And as you say, things look a lot different than they did, um, you know, a year ago. Um, we have put a tremendous amount of protocol in place to make sure that we keep our team members safe. We had a seven-week interruption that went from March until um, mid-May. And in that time period, our regional groups put together um, what we call the handbook or the protocol, which is everything from temperature screenings to requirements for face coverings, all these things that have to be done to make sure we're keeping our team members safe. Because if people aren't feeling safe, they can't focus on their job. And that has really been the most important piece for us is when we came back in May, we moved very slowly building back up to full production. But I'm going to tell you, people want their trucks. I mean, we have um, so such loyal and fabulous customers. And um, we really haven't seen a pause in that demand. And, and that's been pretty exciting for us. But um, we're running full tilt and we're excited about making the best full-size truck in America. You answered quite a few questions there, and I'm going to have you expand on just a couple of things you mentioned, but I want to kind of go back a little bit. I remember Toyota was also involved in helping to, I believe, manufacture, but supply some personal protective equipment here in San Antonio. If you can talk to me about how you were able to shift gears and do that. During our shutdown, so we had a production interruption that went really from middle of March through the middle of May. It was seven weeks. And in the beginning, we were the same as everybody else um, across America. You know, there was kind of this sense of, um, what do we do? And regionally, some of our leaders started pulling together to talk about what is the protocol, the safe protocol we need to come back to work. And at the same time, there was just continuous discussion about what can we do to contribute? So, um, People started getting together and it was quickly realized that, that we could make face shields. And, you know, that's what we do. We make stuff. And so it, it's just so important to be able to get back to making stuff, to, to feel like you're contributing and to have purpose. So um, around April, just a couple of weeks into our shutdown, we started the production of face shields. And we produced 75,000 face shields here. Um, for that number, somewhere around 40,000 
um, ultimately were given to um, the San Antonio Bear County community for distribution. We gave 30,000 to the state of Texas. And um, for our team members and for us, it gave us purpose. We were, we were back to doing what we do. And it really was um, an exciting time for us to just kind of uh, regroup and, and feel like we're contributing to something bigger. And it, it's our understanding that most of those officials went to first responders, went to hospitals, went to educators, but, but we left it up to um, the officials to decide where they were best used. And um, so that was, that was really encouraging. And uh, we also made a lot of face masks, um, but those were for us. We were really worried that we didn't want to start ordering face coverings or face masks that would take away from the healthcare providers. Because mm -hmm. if you remember back in April, that was a concern. Um, we knew that we were gonna require face coverings for this plant when we reopened. And so we ordered N98 material just in big roll form. And we ended up making face masks that were used by our facility as well. And so between the face shields and the face masks, um, we kept ourselves pretty busy. I know you mentioned safety was the number one concern, making sure that when employees got back, they could do so safely. Can you just kind of talk me through some of the protocols that y'all are using? Because I'd imagine a lot of smaller businesses could probably learn from that too. Yeah, of course. Um, we have a regional protocol, which was developed um, with members from our manufacturing plants across North America. And the first step of that is number one, that we have a survey so that anybody who's coming into our facility, we understand that those folks are healthy. And we partnered with, um, we had some, some health providers that we used that we partnered with and also some epidemiologists that we went to to get their advice both on our questionnaire, but also looking at our um, protocols that we put in place. And of course, we really put a lot of effort into referencing all the data and the science that was out there, the CDC protocols. Um, and it made things quite different when you come into our facility. So um, when you come in, we have really kind of what we call thumbs up or thumbs down, um, which is about our questionnaire. Um, then we have temperature screen. We made one-way walkways and aisleways. Um, we put marks on the floor, also on stanchions, so that people could see their spacing of six feet. Um, we implemented the face covering requirement, and that's from the minute you get out of your vehicle um, all the way through. The only time you can take that off is if you're eating or drinking. And then um, because we really wanted to focus on that time period, we studied our break areas, our cafeterias, we put in six foot distancing, and um, in some cases we added some barriers to make sure that we were keeping people safe. And we looked at our processes um, and ultimately um, also adopted a face shield. So anytime we have people who are interacting at three foot or less, they gotta wear a face shield. It's been tough, um, but you know, now that we're, gosh, how many months is it that we're into this? Um, people have really adapted. And what we hear from our team members is they feel safe coming to work. And that's what it's all about. We need them to feel safe so that then they can focus on building um, great trucks for our customers because you know the most important thing we do is make sure that we have great quality trucks, which means safe trucks for those customers at the end of the road. Great. I remember last year there was 
there were a lot of announcements coming out of Toyota, a lot of excitement over the reinvestment, the expansion, which meant, you know, basically committing to being in San Antonio for at least a while. Um, if you can just kind of give me an update on where those changes in developments are, I'd imagine this year you guys have been so busy, but has that st process still been underway? So we did announce, if you remember, in the summer of 2019, a $391 million investment that is focused on um, modernizing our facility and giving us um, some expansion that's really related to the order that we build our vehicle in. So when this plant was built, we, we built cabs and decks separately, and then we marry those two together. Sorry, it's like a nerdy. No, that's good to know because people like me wouldn't understand. So what's the difference? I get it's new technology, yeah. but that's really helpful. Right, so we, we are, we've always built those the cabs and the decks separate, and then we kind of what we call marry them together into the truck. But that's not our standard assembly order from a global standard perspective and how vehicles are built. And so really, this isn't um, about a new model. It's about our future flexibility. We are changing the way we build our trucks so that when and if we want to add additional products, we have the flexibility and the agility to do that because now we're going to build in this standard assembly order. And if you remember in January of this year, we announced that the Sequoia will be transferring from Indiana to this plant. And that change in our standard assembly order was really the critical piece to that. But it's expensive and it requires a lot of changes in our assembly shop and how we build. And um, in addition to that, in other um, areas of our production plant, we're adding modernization like new robots, we're adding some new equipment in regard to how we do material joining, all things that really just prepare us for the future. And it's going great. Pretty excited about it. We've had a few hiccups along the way as it relates to our um, plant preparation, um, especially as COVID came in. We have a lot of contractors, construction workers who have been coming in and out, and, and we had to take a pause on how to do that safely and how to make sure that we have protocols that apply to that as well. Um, ultimately, you know, things are, are on track. We are we're, um, moving right along um, towards being able to fully execute um, and be ready with our new standard assembly order um, in the spring. I know you have a lot of local suppliers that provide some of the parts. Um, were there any issues in terms of getting what you needed to build trucks? And did having local suppliers play any role in helping with those issues? Well, as you say, at this campus here on our site, um, we don't, it's not just our production plant, but we have what we call Team Texas, which is our on-site suppliers. And um, we have a great group of, of on-site suppliers here that give us just-in-time production. But we can't produce all of our parts and components here in this facility. We, we still have parts that come from across North America and also some that come from across the globe. And um, of course, the pandemic has caused interruptions because as we've seen different um, states and municipalities who have put in place different orders in regard to trying to prevent virus spread. In some cases, that's interrupted our um, production of some of those parts. The good news for us is that this isn't our first rodeo as it is with parts interruptions. Um, in 2011, 
people may remember the great Japan earthquake and tsunami of 2011. It was all over the news, and that had a huge impact on Toyota globally. Um, because we had a lot of our suppliers who were in that region, and they interrupted our production. And we learned from that crisis. We learned that we needed to diversify our geographic location of our suppliers. We needed to have multiple suppliers for key components. And that's been really important as we've worked through this pandemic. We've had a few interruptions, and we've had a, um, some situations where we've had to reduce overtime. But um, truly, it hasn't been as significant as you would think. And a lot of that's because of the diversity, because we're really focused on localizing suppliers wherever we can, and communication. Um, all about communication. We are constantly communicating to our suppliers, um, to our network, trying to understand anytime we may have a concern and interruption so that we can put a backup plan in place or expedite parts. So in result, um, has not been so severe, despite a, a couple of blips here and there. And, and every day our production control people are, are really working hard to make sure that we have everything covered. Um, we've been able to, to keep up. What else is what else do you think is important for people at home to know? Or is there anything else that's happened this year that's going on right now that excites you or makes you hopeful for what's to come for Toyota Texas? You know, one of the unexpected um, benefits we've seen from the pandemic is what you and I are doing right now with this virtual interview. Um, at Toyota, we have two core values. One is respect for people. And, um, you know, really some of the things we did with our protocol in the pandemic, that, that's an example of what I mean by respect for people. But the other is continuous improvement. That's our other core value. And one of the, um, one of the fundamental requirements for continuous improvement is what we call Genshigimutsu or go and see, which means we go to the production floor and we see the problem. And when we came back to work in May, um, we, recognized that we couldn't do that the way we have always done it. Um, we can't go out and spend time side by side looking at things the way we did before. And also from a perspective of like our engineers and our administration groups, some of those folks were working from home. We've implemented some remote work so that um, we can really make sure that we're minimizing the number of people who have to be here. And that means we had to figure out how to use these virtual tools for Genji Gamutsu, for Go and See, so that we could use that as our foundation for Kaizen or continuous improvement. And the result has been pretty amazing. Um, we've gotten really good at, you know, I, I talk about, you know, virtual live stream or our virtual tours. And even North America wide, we're sharing information from plant to plant through these virtual live streams. Um, like in the moment, on a dime, in a, in a way that historically you would have to, to plan a trip and get on a plane and fly to Mississippi or, or go to another facility, and now we can share information. And that means that we're problem solving faster. That means that we're able to communicate best practices and adopt them faster. I think it's going to make us more competitive. And I don't think we ever would have considered this based on that foundation of Yejigimutsu if not for this pandemic, and it's going to help us be um, be a better vehicle production maker, and it's going to make sure that we're getting um, the best quality vehicles out there to our customers. And I do want to bring up one more thing, yeah. which is that in the middle of this pandemic, 
with everything else going on, we won the J.D. Powers Award for Initial Quality Survey for the full-size truck, the Tundra that we built here. And that award is coveted um, in a non-pandemic year. I mean, that's the thing we're working towards every year because that is the survey that tells us that customer feedback. And we won that this year in the middle of the pandemic, just another example of how we keep our, um, our mind on the task, stay focused, work on vehicle quality, and, and that's what it's all about. So that's been pretty exciting for us too. Thanks for listening to Commerce Street, a business podcast from Ken's 5 Eyewitness News. You can hear more episodes on topics like San Antonio's new workforce development program and get first access to an upcoming edition on vaccine manufacturing in Texas by subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or visiting kens5.com slash commerce street. I'm Erica Zuko with producer Kristen Dean. Thanks for listening.